0: be like teasing it so much it's just been such a a frustrating process um it's a lot different than the lawsuit i filed against the the department or department of defense that i filed a few weeks ago that was really really simple you didn't have to worry about stuff like serving people and stuff like that so this has been a lot more complex um so i'm gonna kind of bury that for a couple more days and i I'm sorry to everybody in advance. So um, I did file a lawsuit today, but I'm going to have to leave it out there and kind of tease you guys for a couple more days. So I'm going to want to let that get served. And once that's served, I'm going to announce it, and it's going to be from zero to 100. It's, It's pretty significant what I'm doing, and I'm considering other stuff that's also pretty significant. And uh, I think it's going to be really important for our, our, our efforts and trying to get some answers into everything that happened. So I'm excited to do it. Um, you know, I'm really hopeful that we get some, some good stuff and it's productive, but uh, with that being said, it'll be a couple more days. I think before I,
1: I go all out with that one. So. Well, I was talking about your hand getting fixed, but you know, that works too. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. That's uh.
0: That is big news. My hands all almost all healed up now. And uh yeah. Appreciate you tracking that. <laughs> what else are you up to, man? Check out the Danchenko stuff today?
1: Yeah, man. Uh I was kinda going back through uh some of the indictment and uh just kinda adding some things up. Um, The Grassley letter is another big one. Uh, I'll post a link to that in a few minutes here Uh, and going back and looking through Horowitz's report, uh, see if there's any tidbits there that we missed. Uh, Brian Auten's looking like the uh, where's Waldo of uh, not just Spygate, but obviously it's evolved into all kinds of different things in this administration. So uh, yeah, lots of uh, kind of putting old pieces together with new pieces.
0: Yeah, and you know, I was kind of thinking I would start with sort of an overview or a view of Dan Shanko. And to be honest, I haven't actually looked at it in the last couple of days, so maybe you can help me out a little bit, MB. Um, so I've gotten a lot of new followers over the last couple of weeks, so I think it would just kind of be helpful. And I know everybody doesn't have the, the time to follow this from day to day. So um, if you're new to this or you can't really remember what was going on, a um, couple things about Igor Danchenko. So, Igor Danchenko was the primary subsource to Christopher Steele, and he is the one through which all of the allegations and the dossiers were allegedly sourced to. And one of the more important notes about this is that originally he was supposed to be Russian-based. He was supposed to be like this insider guy that had special access, and you know, he, out, he had all this knowledge that nobody else could possibly know. And that was false. And they knew at the FBI that that was false relatively early. Uh, they knew, in fact, that he was not Russian-based. I mean, he was born in Russia, but he's been in the United States for a long time now. And he was working at a li- liberal think tank called Brookings, um, which is affiliated with uh, you know liberal politics, I would say, somewhat. Um, it was headed up by a guy named Strobe Talbot, which is He's connected to the Clintons. Uh, he's a brother-in-law of Cody Shear, um, who's a Clinton operative. Um, obviously, a lot of other, uh, you know, people like Fiona Hill came out of the Brookings Institute. So, um, you know, it's connected to the wrong people. And you see that this information has come from this guy at Brookings, who has no special access. That should have been a big red flag. And then you start drilling into the sub-sources that. Igor Danchenko was allegedly uh, employing, well, not employing, but getting the information from. And, you know, once you realize that the, Igor Danchenko has no special access, we find out like these are just drinking buddies. I mean, these are, you know, I think there's like one guy that loosely has some uh, connections to intelligence, but none of the important allegations were really sourced to him. So, um, you know, once you start going through it, you know you, you got like Abyshev, you have um Olga Olga Kalkina, which is the third subsource, you've got Ivan Vrontsov, you've got Alexei Dundich, you've got um allegedly Sergey Milian. And it's just this just this garbage dossier. And we know conclusively that Sergei Milian was not even a subsource for the dossier, so immediately immediately they knew that it was garbage and that nothing was making sense. Um, you can go back through it and, you know, Sergey Million, great example. So he was allegedly a source to the dossier, but they knew at the FBI that they had conducted a counterintelligence investigation into Sergey Million because he was also alleged to be a conduit between Trump and Putin. And they didn't disclose to the FISA court that there was this massive discrepancy. Is he actually helping the investigation, or is he a subject of the investigation? And, you know, Pianka knew by October, um, and really by December, that he was supposedly both, and he didn't disclose that to the FISA court, which is a big red flag. Um, But once they actually got Igor Danchenko in there in January, he's like, yeah, no, like, Christopher Steele is embellishing this, or I never said this. You know, I got this from my drinking buddy. It's not corroborated. Um, and they took that from Igor Danchenko, and they said, we believe Igor Danchenko is being truthful. They didn't disclose the FISA court that what he was being truthful about was that the garbage that the dossier was garbage. And they just told the FISA court, yeah, we interviewed him, and we found him truthful. <laughs> and they took that to the FISA court. And then they meet with Igor Danchenko, I think it was six more times. And they started developing more and more information that was... Um, you know, damning for the dossier narrative, damning for the idea that you could go get a FISA warrant with it. And they didn't disclose any of it to the FISA court. So I think he was interviewed in March, uh, May, June, and then maybe August and November, something like that. And in some of the later interviews, they start picking up some more information. And one of the pieces that p- they pick up is that um, they have 702 coverage on, uh, I think, Somebody close to El- Olga K- Galkina, or maybe it was Olga herself, I don't recall. But they're getting these intercepts from Olga where she's talking to Chuck Dolan, and they're talking about Igor Danchenko, and they're talking about dossier stuff and, and plans with Clint- Clinton, and they don't disclose that to the FISA court. But they get Igor Danchenko in a room, I think it was June for the first time, June 2017, and they're like, hey, uh, did you get any of this from Chuck Dolan? And Danchenko was like, "No, I, I barely know the guy, <laughs> and like he lies about it." So I think that makes up three of the counts that Igor Danchenko is being charged with. Um, and then I think the other two are related to Sergey Milion. So those are sort of the counts that he faces right now. And MB, I don't know if you want to jump in with with some of that, or or fill in what I'm missing on Danchenko.
1: Yeah, um, the, the the farther you get along in 2016, the more sort of outrageous it is. That the FBI, you know, supposedly didn't put this stuff together and realized they had just a giant mess on their hands. Um, by the but the you know second and third renewal, they they knew Danchenko. They knew with the with the first renewal that or the second one, Danchenko was definitely full of shit. That what he was telling Steele wasn't right. But then they started, they should have known that there was this other information coming in because they were obviously looking at carter page and the fbi had been looking at carter page since march of 2016 because he was supposed to testify against uh on behalf of the f on the, behalf of the justice department uh as his status as a cia informant uh he was going to testify against a russian oligarch in in this big trial um so he comes to the fbi in in, in march of 2016 and says oh by the way Uh, Yeah, I accidentally told some – or not accidentally on purpose, whatever. I told some Russians that I am male number one in in this court case against the oligarch. Now, the FBI obviously freaks out because they're like, oh, great, so you've blown your cover. Now, everybody in the world and all the Russians know that you're this guy and you're, you know, apparently working for the CIA – Uh, So they start looking into Carter Page as potentially uh, maybe he's a double agent. Maybe he's working with actually is working with the Russians. So that's kind of, I think, where uh, kind of a missing piece where this started to blow up. That was going on in the New York field office that got pushed into FBI uh, counterintelligence uh, in D.C. And that's where things get interesting, because that gets into the bloodstream where Peter Stroke is, uh, I believe, the head of counterintelligence at the time. So all that information should have been bubbling up that, first of all, he was working with the DOJ. There are people there that you could have gone to and said, all right, there was handling agents of the FBI that knew Carter Page, knew he was working for the CIA. So does this stuff, how does that jive with all this stuff coming from Steele? Apparently, nobody sat down and, and tried to square that circle. Uh, that, to, me, to me, that's just another like huge opportunity the FBI had to, uh, to, to you know stop this thing and the track, but it never happened.
0: Yeah, those are good points. I uh, I mean, it's just it's just mind-blowing. I, I'd be really surprised if Dan Chinkley actually went to trial, and I don't know if you have a prediction on that, but I, I just don't see the case that he's really going to mount. I mean, you can try to mount like a materiality case, I guess, and just say, you know, the FBI was so corrupt that what Dan Chinkley brought or lied about didn't matter, but um, even that I feel is going to be pretty tough. I mean, he it's not like a Sussman trial. I mean, it's not in DC. It's a little bit more favorable. And I don't think there's the ambiguity around some, some of that stuff that Dan Chico can really bend, um, you know, the jury around. So, uh, it, it is a little bit surprising to me if they actually go to trial on this. I don't, I don't know what Dan Chink would be hoping for.
1: They, they seem like they're ready to go to trial. And if they haven't cut a deal by now, you have to wonder why. One of the things that, uh, they they had this status conference on uh, the other day, and uh, one of the things Danchenko's lawyer said was they they intended to bring or use a bunch of classified documents and uh, to present their defense. So that makes you wonder exactly what they're talking about. Um, I, I actually think they're going to try to do what Sussman did and said what he lied about or what he told the FBI was immaterial because they were going to do whatever they were going to do no matter what he told them. And that's actually kind of you know it's not a bad defense. It's it's saying the FBI was out to get Carter page and uh, in, on the way to get Donald Trump. And therefore they were using him as a, as a pawn and whatever he said, they would twist into their purposes. So he could have told them that the moon was blue and, you know, made of cheese and it wouldn't have mattered because they were going to use it one way or the other.
0: Yeah. I think it'll be interesting to see what kind of classified information they put on because I mean, it strikes at the heart of the matter of all the stuff that's been withheld from us from all this time. But it's got to be made available to Danchenko. If it's remotely related to a case or defense that he could put on, they have to give it to him. And yeah, maybe they do have something that's really uh, going to be really surprising. Um, I forgot who it was. Somebody commented today that uh, some of the revelations that we get out of the Danchenko trial might equal to, you know, what we got out of the Sussman trial. And that I thought that was a good point. I mean, at this point, Just getting the information, just finding out what happened, I think is equally as important as people going to prison. And I I really hope that people go to prison, but um, finding out what happened, um, especially with all the efforts that we've been making to get documents and, you know, how much struggle that has been, um, it, it would just be nice to get the documents at this point. Hey, Shem, what's going on, man?
1: Um, Hey, it it seems to me like uh, Durham doesn't mind if uh, Sussman or Danchenko say the FBI already knew that they were lying to them. It seems to me like that's part of his broader case that, of course, they knew. And so they're complicit.
0: Yeah, and, and that could be. I mean, there's been a lot of talk. And speculation in this corner, I think, or last several months that Durham set up the FBI to be um, set up the FBI like they were duped or um, that the FBI wasn't complicit in some way. And I've never really seen that. I mean, I thought in the Sussman trial, especially Durham really laid out a strong case at the FBI leadership. If nothing else, the FBI leadership has a lot of questions to answer. And yeah, maybe... Maybe it's a similar thing in this trial. I mean, it'd be really interesting if they said, you
1: know,
0: here's all this information that McCabe and Comey had, and what my client said didn't matter because these guys were just corrupt as hell. And I'd be fine if that that was the case that was put on. I'd be happy to see that.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: Let's see. MB, you got anything else? I had Hans or Walker fire if you guys want to talk.
1: Um, just real quick to circle back to that thought about the uh, uh, Carter Page. Um, It does make me wonder how Carter Page became so front and center in you know early summer, late spring of 2016 that his name was not not only you know he was Trump's advisor and that came out and that's you know fine, but. The fact that his name was with the FBI really makes you wonder, did the FBI push that to Fusion in some way? That I mean, Fusion GPS, that's, you know, it's, it's, it's pure speculation, but it, the, the timeline adds up and, and, you know, Carter Page wasn't really anyone. He, I mean, he was, you know, an advisor that had some Russian background and he became sort of a really important uh, uh, part of this pretty early on.
0: That's such an interesting uh, question to to point out. I mean, I think I had the same thought the other day. I mean, the idea that Carter Page would be targeted and you look at some of the other people around the campaign, I mean, the Trump campaign wasn't huge. They didn't employ dozens and dozens of people. But the fact that you see certain people show up over and over really does feel like there is sort of a feedback loop that was uh, existing and they you know, there's some level of coordination, it seems like, uh, with people that would have had access to law enforcement databases to be able to say, hey, this is the guy that you can make a case with. Um, I, You know, I, I think that's fair speculation. I, I don't know. Um, as you get it into a little bit further down the road in Russiagate, I mean, obviously they're already targeting Carter Page, but then he shows up on the list of Trump associates. And, you know, the other names that we got... Uh, Manafort's on on that list. Um, I, there's a couple others I think that weren't necessarily the focus of Crossfire Hurricane, but like Sergey Million, I think, was on that list too. So, uh, you know, they really had a plan set in motion. Um, obviously, Fusion's at the center of that, but, um, you know, with the FBI just taking the bait, it, it, seemed, it seems unusual that the FBI would open investigations on the four people that they opened on. Um, knowing or or seeing that the f- the same four people seem to be focuses for, you know, fusion or Joffe or some of the others. It, it's really there's some red flags there. <laughs> uh, let's see. I see we've got a bunch of people here. What's up, MB?
1: Oh, I was just gonna yeah, it's hard to tell where, you know, one starts and one ends because it's like this snake eating its own tail to start in the FBI or to get pushed the FBI, back to fusion. It's it's really just it's so incestuous that it's it's you know, I don't think we really have a clear indication of what the uh where this really started, the root of it, whose, you know, ideas that this kind of came from.
0: Yeah. Um I think I'll open this up to some questions. I see we've got a bunch of people here. I don't know if anybody else has a comment or, or anything they want to share. Um sort of talking about Danchenko so far. Um and and I guess there's probably a few questions I get getting a couple DMs here, but uh, you know, I open up the chat with MB a little bit talking about some of the stuff that I'm up to. Um still pressing pause on a couple of things, on a couple of big announcements that I'm working on. Um, it's taking a little bit longer than I thought. It's a little bit more frustrating than I thought. Uh, something did get filed today and, uh, once it's been served, I will have a larger update. So, um, for those people that are DMing me, it's still coming, still working on it. Um, but it's probably going to be a couple more days. So, all right, let's see. Anybody else want to speak? Go ahead. Thought it'd be nice to touch base heading into the danchenko trial a little bit
1: there's a couple other little tidbits if we want to talk about the danchenko trial that uh came out one was uh uh that's uh i guess he's been involved before but adam small the, the federal prosecutor uh just looking at his background that he's working on this case now um He's got a background in espionage, uh, FARA, wire fraud, money laundering, cyber, and Rico offenses. So, you can read those tea leaves however you want, but uh, that to me is kind of a interesting background for a false statements charge. Uh, you know, all of this is kind of crazy for for another false statements statements charge. Uh, and I guess the other you know <laughs> in our in our minds maybe kind of a bobshell is uh, that Durham himself is uh, is in on this case now, so he's going to potentially be uh, doing some of the actual lawyering in the in the courtroom, so that should be you know pretty exciting
0: that would be pretty awesome um especially if we get to the trial and and Durham's the one that's actually doing you know cross examinations and and things like that that would be pretty pretty cool to see i mean that that shows that he's willing to take responsibility for this investigation i mean he's not gonna he's not gonna let his people out there you know get criticized in the media i mean he's gonna take responsibility for it and, you know, try to bring these prosecutions across the finish line. As it relates to to Adam Small, I mean, that is really intriguing. I saw that a few weeks ago. Um, You know, that's not somebody we really talked about, and I don't know if we have a good handle on whether he's actually on the the John Durham team or if he's like a loan out from the Department of Justice. Um, If anybody has speculation on that, I'd be curious to see what anybody would say. (laughs) There's not a lot of people that want to talk tonight. What's up with that? All right, MB, what's the next topic, man?
1: (laughs) I guess we could talk a little bit about the, uh, letter that, uh, Senator Grassley sent to the attorney general, uh, pretty much lowering the boom on brian otten who we know from basically every part of Spygate. he was uh started at uh the beginnings of crossfire hurricane he's a fbi uh intelligence analyst um he was listed disturbingly in horowitz's report as the top russia expert of uh fbi uh now anal- analysts um and if you kind of read kind of read what his thoughts have been in his quotes sort of in the horowitz report it does not seem to be the the sharpest knife so uh i don't think that gives anybody a whole lot of uh, happiness that he's still working there uh I, i guess that was kind of one of the things i wanted to talk about tonight was how disturbing it is it's been five years it's been six years now and kind of where the rubber meets the road with that is a lot of these people are still working for the fbi they're still working for the justice department um and, and even though they were, you know, pretty lambasted, pretty hardcore by Horowitz, uh, you know, they still a lot of them are in their jobs. Or, you know, you can look at Auten. I think Steven Soma is still there. Pietka either was or still is. Heidi. Sally Moyer, I think, is still there. Uh, the, the, whole, the, the people on the ground that were executing a lot of this seem to be still be in their jobs. And that that is really disturbing because uh, what Grassley's letter said was, hey, guess what? Brian Hunt was the guy looking at the uh, Hunter Biden laptop issue and and one of the key people in declaring that that was Russian disinformation with no evidence to support it. Aside from, well, it could be something the Russians would do. It sounds like something they might do. Therefore, we're going to say that that's what it is. And a bunch of other stuff they did. uh, Maybe somebody else is a little bit uh better grasp on all the things grassley was saying happened but just the name that uh, when the name brian auton came up i was like wow the fact that nothing has been done so far or you know not enough has been done means that these people get to stay in their jobs and keep doing things that are potentially really hurting this country both uh as actual you know uh issues with foreign relations but also you know with distrust of our government which not feeling confident that that uh the fbi and the doj is playing it square and i think a lot of us would feel that way that we don't live in a country of equal justice we live in the country that with the politicized fbi and uh that that's really something that i know senator is upset about and concerned about and a lot of people are and i, I really hope that that gets addressed
0: it's really really well said man i mean that my blood pressure went through the roof when I saw that letter and found out that it was Brian Houghton at the center of another controversy where he's dead wrong, indefensibly wrong. I mean, there's just no basis to even have that conclusion out there. I mean, what did he base it on to call it Russian disinformation? I mean, there's a thousand videos online of Hunter Biden smoking crack and with prostitutes. You think you think somebody did you know thousands of hours of digital manipulation to change and edit those videos and shit like it's it's totally insane i mean russia is just not going to do that they're not going to create tens of thousands of pictures and you know hundreds of thousands of emails that are you know very plausible right i mean it's so ridiculous just on its face and it, it pisses me off like no other that Auden could be involved in another politically sensitive investigation. He should never, never be close to this investigation. And I think it was a couple years ago that I saw the story where Durham had asked the FBI to slow down on their disciplinary actions so that he could get through his investigation. We can speed it up now. (laughs) It's been six years. If these guys... Committed offenses six years ago. It's time to fire them. I mean, if they were at fourteen years, they're now eligible for retirement. That's that's totally ridiculous. These guys should have been kicked out. They should have been fired. I I can't imagine what it takes to get fired at an organization like the FBI. And you know, a couple years ago, you know, a lot of the Republican you know congressmen and senators that would go on TV, they would say, "Oh, you know, the FBI. You know, we got to look at them. It's just a few bad apples." Uh, but we have to get to the bottom of it. You know, they'd pay that lip service to it, that bullshit, you know, platitude. But the fact is, there might be a few good apples at the FBI. But what I see is a corrupt organization to its core that needs to be defunded and ripped apart. And there needs to be accountability at every level. And, you know, I'm sick to death of these institutions that are being abused, that are uh, deteriorating at every level. And then you say, "Oh well, we'll just fire him." You know, that's it. you know he abused it. They spied on Carter Page. They ruined his life. They fucked him over like no other. When he was, you know, sending these letters saying directly to Comey and sending letters to everybody he could think of, saying, "You know, hey, I'm helping the country. I'm willing to help your investigation." You know, this is what I was doing, and they said, "Yeah, we're just going to keep spying on you and sit, submitting this garbage FISA reports uh, or you know FISA applications," and. No accountability. I mean, I'm still way out, I think, on the the fringe of, of this corner. I think there's going to be some indictments at the FBI. But this is ridiculous. Like six years later, we shouldn't even be talking about people being fired. It should be, okay, this guy's going to prison today. Or this guy is innocent. Maybe he didn't do anything wrong. I mean, there's no question these guys deserve to lose their jobs. That's not even the discussion. The discussion is... Is a criminal, um, so I don't know. Shouldn't go too much further than that, but
1: yeah, it's it's especially disturbing that. Okay, fine. If 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 uh, Durham asked him to lay off on disciplinary action, or maybe not firing them, but don't put these guys that Horowitz just completely took apart and put them in a position that literally was the political sensitivity department that was hey if something's coming up for the election we need to take a hard look at it and Brian Ottens working that department and he's the one making these decisions because it's too political for you know to show up before the election because it might influence things well this is someone that demonstrably has political issues pick somebody else i don't care pick it out of the phone book but it, it, the fact that you know direct you know fbi director ray is he's, he's the one you know in charge of this at the end of the day and he's not uh, addressing that he's not it's not on his radar screen this stuff isn't important to them apparently these things that we are all very concerned with and, and a lot of americans are really concerned with uh, are just not important to the fbi leadership after all of this after after the you know after the fisa court has come back and, and, and excoriated the fbi after uh you know the horowitz report comes back and, and just all these terrible things that were happening all right if you want to plead incompetence or you want to plead you know we're sorry about this that's fine but clean up your mess they've shown no indication that they're doing anything to clean this thing up and that's what really really uh, makes you kind of agree that is this is this organization just not repairable is it something that's got to be just taken down the studs and either rebuilt or farmed out to the states i don't know i don't know the answer but it, it, it's really disturbing. With you know, The FBI does not have a great track record over its history of uh, protecting civil li- liberties, and you can look back to the very beginnings, and uh, it it's just it doesn't seem like it's ever going to change. The fact that Peter Strzok isn't in prison is incomprehensible.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, it's not even just Russiagate. I mean, you look at the gymnasts that were being raped, and they made all these reports, and they basically weren't going to do anything against these FBI agents that did nothing in response to these allegations. And then I think they re- remanded it for another investigation. And then after another year, they were like, nope, uh, we're not going to do anything against these FBI people. Uh, case closed. And it's insane to me. It's it's absolutely insane. You know, it's not just Russiagate. And, there you know, there's real consequences to the deterioration of the FBI as an institution. And yeah, it's really disappointing to see them caught up in political schemes. And um, yeah, there's a there's a mountain of problems around Russiagate and the Hunter Biden fiasco. But, you know, people are being, you know, murdered. People are being raped. And, you know, you find out all these mass shooters and then, oh, yeah, the FBI had this file on this guy this whole time. And, and you know, story after story the FBI has not been serving us well. And, uh, I, I don't know, man. I mean, I was sitting there in the Sussman trial and I think the Chicago field office, I think I liked all those agents. I think they were all reasonable people. I think they were all prosecution witnesses for Durham, uh, for the most part. And, you know, they all seemed like reasonable people. there. They all looked at it and said, yeah, this Alpha bank stuff, like it wasn't even plausible on its face. Like there's, it's just totally ridiculous. Uh, we did run it down. we, collect these data, this data from GoDaddy and Central Dynamics. We reconstructed the data. It didn't make any sense. It didn't support the allegations at all. Uh, we wanted to go interview David Dagan, and the FBI leadership was like, no, don't do that. Um, you know, We, we contracted uh, a third-party entity to come in and do some analysis. They were like, they agreed with us. There's nothing there. And you know, time and again, it was the FBI leadership saying, no, keep the case open. And it wasn't just the Alpha Bank. I mean, General Flynn is another great example where, you know, the field agents, the line agents were like, yeah, there's nothing here. This is ridiculous. We need to close this. And then somebody kept it open and they made a case. They manufactured a case to to keep it open, to keep it going in the face of overwhelming exculpatory evidence and minimal, minimal probable cause to to keep the investigation open and. Yeah, I mean, I don't don't know how much more we want to beat the devil's horse on this. I think we all understand that there's a real problem with the FBI. And, you know, I really hope there is a, a massive landslide for the Republicans. But there has to be Republicans that are willing to lead the charge into accountability. And the Democrats have done a really effective job of setting it up as, you know, it's going to be like retaliation, right? If you go subpoena the phone records of Adam Schiff, oh, it's retaliation. You know, there's no substance there and they have a really powerful and effective information warfare campaign that really limits, you know, the public interest in in these matters. And, and obviously we have had some massive bombshells over the last eight months. I mean, some of the documents that we have found are massive And, and Margo Cleveland has written some brilliant articles and nobody's picked up what Margo Cleveland has put out there. Um, you know, Jerry Dunleavy and, and you know, everybody else is, is picked up, you know, these scoops that are really, really interesting about what DARPA was doing and all this. You don't see it on Fox News even. I mean you don't see it on Newsmax. So I'm disappointed in conservative media. I mean it, it what this really come down to is like a grassroots operation to like compel accountability and, and go fight for documents and go, you know, figure this thing out. And apparently we have to do it from A to Z. You know, we, we can't stop on the 10-yard line and say, okay, Fox News, like we just did all this work. We have this massive body of evidence. Can you like take this in for us? They're not going to do it. So I don't know. Getting off on a tangent there.
1: And let's not forget about Jeff and Hans at the Epic Times. I highly encourage everyone to subscribe. It's uh, it's fantastic. It's, you're going to find information there. You're not going to find anywhere else.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Always try to give a shout out to those guys. Sorry, I miss you the first time. That's that's right. Uh, let's see here. Now we're getting some requests to speak. Chloe, what's up?
1: Let's hear from Jeff when he got the Lisa Page transcripts.
0: Yeah, Jeff, do you want to you talk about that?
2: My mic was off. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no problem.
2: Sorry about that. You can clearly tell this would be my first time asking a question. Um, <laughs> I I was curious. I guess I have kind of a two-part question. Um, the first is that, and I'm new to researching a lot of this, but that I read that uh, Dechenko would be Durham's final criminal case at the moment, if I'm not mistaken, Um and if that's the case, then where does it go from there? Do we think regarding RussiaGate? Because I you mean, know, if if Durham essentially is finished, you know what happens next? I guess that's a question I have.
0: Yeah, so Danchenko will be the last criminal trial that Durham has right now. Uh, that is not to say that Durham is done, though. Um, you know, I can't make predictions over how many more indictments might come out of John Durham, but uh I, I don't see any indications that he's he's done um or done after the Danchenko trial. I think he's still got uh some other avenues to go. I think that probably relates to to a lot of what we learned at the Sussman trial at minimum. Um, you know, some of the stuff around the Alpha Bank allegations and the veracity of the data that was supplied to the FBI. I think that's still in limbo. I think Durham is, has sent some signals there. Um, I I am still of the opinion that there are some indictments that are gonna come at the FBI, um, and some of the private actors. I, I think other people that are, you know, in this corner and, you know, far more brilliant than I am would tell you that they don't think there's gonna be any accountability at the FBI, but um free to have our own opinions, at least for right now. So I don't think Durham's done though. And if anybody else has an opinion, go ahead and chime in.
1: Well, he's going to file a report. That's part of his, part of the, uh, statute establishing the independent council, or special council, uh, now that goes to the attorney general who decides whether it gets released, whether it's redacted, what happens to it. Uh, so that'll be an interesting fight. I can't imagine at this point that he'd really hold it up much because the the political blowback would be terrible, but um, I, that report going to be really interesting. And a lot of people think that was Durham's end game. Once he realized he couldn't get as many indictments maybe as he wanted was we'll have to put it in the report and let the chips fall where they may. And people can judge for themselves all the, all the wrongdoing that happened that, Maybe there wasn't criminal liability that we could prove beyond a reasonable doubt, but that was definitely misconduct. And uh, I guess we'll see how how hard Durham goes in that report. And I'm not even real hopeful at this point that he's going to be too hard on the DOJ FBI. I think this close to the midterms, he might be pushing it out like Mueller did. To where he's gonna wait till the midterms are done, and then if the Republicans take back the Congress, he's just gonna go full throttle.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think there is that is possible. I, I mean, he's gonna get a little bit more support with a Republican Congress, Republican Senate, who can apply a little bit of pressure and make sure that he gets a little bit more funding um, from AG Garland. I think there is a little bit of a risk that Garland actually shuts, shuts him down after the midterm elections um, because the Danchenko trial will be over and they might just be willing to accept the political blowback. I mean, we've seen Garland. I mean, he is not moderate. I mean, he's not willing to, to toe the line. I mean, he's, he's very much going to you know, be out there as a liberal. He, he's gonna, you know, He doesn't have to answer anybody. Uh, is what it seems to be the case for him so I don't know I, I'm not predicting he is shut down I'm just throwing it out there It is. it does seem a little bit possible at this point um, but yeah I, I, I think with the Republican Congress I think Durham might have a little bit more support he might get a little bit more funding um, they can apply a little bit more pressure through subpoenas and er- things of that nature for documents um, there is still a mountain of documents that we're waiting to see and once those documents start coming out, there is going to be some more public pressure. I mean, there, you know, there's stuff that we know that the public should know and media organizations can't pick it up or haven't picked it up, but that is going to change at some point. I mean, there's going to be some documents that come out that I think are going to be damning. And to MB's point, I'm not even saying that they're necessarily going to be indictments. Um, at this point, I mean, it, what Durham's really up against is he started his investigation so far along after all these crimes. I mean, everybody had a lot of time to cover stuff up. Um, it's pretty obvious that there was a significant cover-up, and that, that makes it really hard to make a case. And, and plus, you're investigating people with a law enforcement background that understand how to hide evidence and, and things of that nature. So Durham had a really tough mandate to go do what he's doing. I admire him for... for st- you know uh hanging in there and actually doing it because a lot of people would have just walked away i think and just said you know wrote a 30-page report and said yeah the fbi probably shouldn't have done that and they could have walked away and durham could have done that and you know what there's not a whole lot of people that would have criticized them um in the media especially so um i think durham probably has about a year i i if he's going to do more indictments, I, I tend to think July to August of 2023 is when he's got to have when he's going to have to bring them. I mean, there's you know statute of limitations; it's going to be five years from the last overt act within a conspiracy from any conspirator. Uh, I can see examples in mid 2018 that would extend that out to mid 2023, but after that, unless there's stuff we don't know about, and I'm certain. Sure I'm certain that there is, you know, it it might be a little bit harder for him to start making a case. So sort of rambled there.
2: Do you, do you think that um, Ezra Cohen Watnick with the PI um, BD or DB will, will play any part in documents um, being available or, I mean, I, I just am curious about that because And it'll be two years that he's been a part of that. And I haven't really, um, like, noticed more information being released, et cetera.
0: I'm sorry, who was that? Um,
2: Ezra Cohen-Watnick and the the public interest um, board that he's, you know, I guess for documents to be released. Declassification board.
0: Yeah, I I don't think that's going to have an impact, unfortunately. Um, (laughs) We'd like to see more documents, but, I mean, it's not a question of... of, The short answer is I I don't think there's going to be an impact there. I, I think they're abusing their ability to withhold documents. I think they're citing exemptions incorrectly. Uh, There's slow walking documents. A lot of that is just the inefficiency of government. I don't think it's just limited to Russiagate stuff, but I certainly do have the sense that some stuff is being wrongfully withheld. And, and obviously like the binder documents, there is absolutely no reason that that has not been declassified by now. And we saw that from John Solomon a couple of weeks ago where they went and found the memo and that told us quite a bit about what was happening. So the FBI conducted a review of certain documents that Trump wanted to release. And I think it was like January 14th, the FBI came back with proposed redactions and Trump signed off on the order and said, yes, I accept those redactions, go ahead and put them in. And these documents are declassified. So they already had identified what redactions to make and they should be under orders, (laughs) like unless Biden went and, immediately rescinded that and we haven't heard about that. And there's been way too little accountability or transparency on that. You know, there's been a lot of FOIA requests and we haven't gotten answers. We haven't gotten a clear answer, not a single one on why we haven't gotten any of those documents yet. So. That
2: was clear to me when I was reading through the 200 pages plus of the emails that you um, revisited. I was reading through some of those and is it Georgia tech? I think that they like yes. have to release, they have to release, you know, they have something in place that, you know, documents are transparent if I'm not mistaken. And that's university. It's not the country. I just, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right, but
0: Yeah, so um, I spent an open records request to Georgia Tech and I spent an open records request to the state of Georgia AG office um, who had collected some documents because they were actually going to represent and defend Manos and and David Dakin at one point. Um, So I think the batch you're referring to was actually from the state of Georgia. um, And there were some really interesting documents in there. So, um, yeah, there's like 276 pages in that batch. And then I've, I've got a couple thousand pages from Georgia Tech. Um, and unfortunately a lot of it's duplicates, a lot of it's irrelevant, but there are some really good finds in some of those documents and, and Margot Cleveland, I mean, she was the first one to actually put in a FOIA at Georgia tech and she got a really interesting batch about Monos and And then, um, I think it was like January. Well, late December, maybe I got really interested and I started putting in FOIAs and, um, we were able to collaborate a little bit and that was really fun. Um, so we have, thousands of pages of documents from Georgia tech. Um, and I have most of them linked in my link tree actually, if you want to read more of those, but yeah, state entities are, are a lot faster. Um, they're a lot faster process generally than, uh, under FOIA laws at the federal level. I mean, for federal level, I haven't gotten a single FOIA process ever. Um, and I've gotten a lot process at the state. So,
2: Okay, thank you for answering that. I appreciate it. Thank you.
0: Yeah, thank you. Special Agent Gibbs, what's up? How's it going? <clears throat> uh, we, we, you guys were talking about Hunter Biden.
2: I I recently read an article where the DOJ was uh, possibly going to charge him for lying on his forum to for the weapons right for for the gun how is that going to affect uh if they do charge him how is that going to affect the 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 thing around biden himself or joe biden himself being uh the big guy collecting 10 percent
0: yeah quite honestly I, I have not really followed the hunter biden stuff all that much um so there might be other people here that can answer a little bit better than me. I I limit my research to RussiaGate. Um, it's more than a, enough hobby for me. So um, I I have read quite a bit about the Hunter Biden stuff. I I don't think I've read the article that says the charge will be about the the firearm. Um, but yeah, it, it sounds like there might be something coming for Hunter. But it also sounds like they uh, let the grand jury go without filing an indictment so I, I don't know um i don't know what will come of that i mean i'm really amazed by all the evidence and docs that have come out regarding the financial relationships um the suspicious activity reports normal americans don't get too many of those um and that's that's a big red flag right there so i i don't know i i don't know if you'll be indicted MB or anybody else walk her if you guys want to talk weigh in on that go ahead
2: I think if he was going to be indicted, he would have been by now from everything that I can see or read.
1: Yeah, I think it's, man, he, he could bring the whole house of cards down is the problem. So I, got, I get the feeling that when Joe Biden's usefulness runs out or he just can't do the job anymore, that Hunter gets a pardon and on the way out the door and, that's just the end of that, because it just seems like he knows way too much, at least for it's really confined, I would think, to the Biden family and maybe to some of the DOJ, FBI that could have been doing some things to cover things up. But uh, I think once Biden is no longer the president or, out, or on his way out the door, it just is like, well, who cares about Hunter Biden? It's all just becomes a, a footnote in history that, yeah, he was if you knew if you know the real story, if you know the true story, it's really messed up. But people just forget about it because. I just don't see how he gets indicted and doesn't just say everything he knows about his dad. And that would just, you know, it would just bring the the executive branch to a screeching halt.
2: All right. Sounds good. Thank you.
0: Hey Kimmers, what's up?
3: I'm there. Can you hear me?
0: yeah, how's it going?
3: It's going good. Um, I have a question about the thirty witnesses that uh, Durham has subpoenaed i I'm just curious what your thoughts are on what they could possibly witness to bring what what are they gonna bring to this whole case other than hey i I heard you know so and so talking about this. What do you thinks ultimately and who who these witnesses might be? Are they going to be people that Sussman, people like that, jo, Joffe, all those guys, whos good, who is it?
0: Yeah, so it, it won't be people like Joffe or Sussman. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. I don't think we have a basis to really speculate on it, um, other than it'll probably be people that interviewed Danchenko. I think there was six or seven interviews of them. Um, so definitely it's going to be some of those guys. And then, you know, he's going to throw a few people in there that, um, you know, are going to say something to the effect of this had an impact on my investigation. Or we we undertook these steps uh, to try corroborate this information that uh, Danchenko knew to be false when he he made the statement and things of that nature. So um, it really could be anybody. Um, I, I don't imagine it's going to be the FBI leadership. Um, because that could open up some, some doors. I think Durham and the FBI leadership probably don't want to go down, so um, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, MB or anybody else want to speculate on that? Go ahead.
1: Well, uh, They ran the case. They ran the Sussman case. Who knows? Because, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but having some of our lawyer friends describe it, and especially the uh, ones that worked in criminal law that you know, they put on the uh DNS expert first to bore the jury to death. It's like, you know, who knows? Who knows what the you know, it really I guess I, to, to put it another way, it depends on how Durham intends to run the case. Like what, what is is he going to, again, you know, try to demonstrate this big conspiracy that's happening that really doesn't necessarily matter to the actual charges? Or is he going to make it real focused and just be like, look, he lied to the FBI. End of story. This guy's a scumbag, convict him, which, you know, that is probably the best way to get just a simple conviction for lying. Um, So I I guess that's the question. Without knowing kind of what the strategy is going to be this time around, it's probably really hard to say.
3: But, you know, you've got you've got 30 people that we don't know. You know, will they be bringing it? Will it just be testimony or documents or you know, or an email or a text message, will that be, that'll be submitted with evidence, but will they be the people that are just saying, yeah, I was sitting there at work with, with Denchenko and he was talking about this. I mean, could that be possibly what some of these witnesses are or, um, Possibly saying, yeah, we we know that they we saw Danchenko and Hillary meeting somewhere. You know, could that be part of what these witnesses bring? Is
1: that possible? Well, it, Is that
3: wishful thinking?
0: <laughs> well, it, it could be some of the sub sources, And I think that would be really interesting if Durham was able to convince those guys to come in. I mean, if it was like Ivan Ronsaw who was called in to testify, uh, and, and you know some of these allegations are not at the center of what Danchenko has been tried for, but I think MB has a really interesting point in that. You know, is Durham going to try to present this as this broader case, similar to how he did in the Sussman case? Because a lot of that goes to uh, Danchenko's credibility, it goes to his intentions and lying. And um, I'd be interested if. if He brought in maybe like Olga Galkina. I mean, she's um, obviously a a related party to some of the charges that Danchenko faces and that, you know, he was lying about Chuck Dolan. So does he immunize somebody like Galkina and have her come in and, you know, testify? Uh, That would be really interesting. Or Chuck Dolan even. I, I think... You know, there was some public reporting to the fact that Dolan was cooperating, and I'm always guarded about public reporting. We'll we'll see what comes up. I mean, it would be really interesting if Chuck Dolan was a witness, and he was asked to come in and testify about –
3: Podesta, I'd love to see him there.
0: Yeah, I I don't think we'll see Podesta. Um, How about Sergey Millian? Yeah, I mean, Sergey Million could be there. Um he he's obviously subject to, to some of the charges that Danchenko faces. So he'd be an important witness to say, you know, even though all the, the evidence, the phone records show that there was no phone call between, you know, uh Milian and Danchenko and, and you know, some of the time frames and, and going through the timeline and all that stuff, it would still be pretty helpful for Durham to have Sergey Million come in and say, Hey, did you ever provide information to to Danchenko, and he can say no, and that might be the end of it. I, I, I don't, you know, I love Sergey Milion, but I don't see an extended line of questioning other than establishing some really basic and important points um, for the the prosecution. I think.
3: And I one more question: um, What do you think the significance is, or how important is it that? Durham himself is actually the one that's going to be trying the case. What What do you think that kind of message that's sending, if any?
0: Yeah, I think I, I mentioned this a little bit earlier. I mean, I think it just shows that he's willing to take responsibility for the investigation. And, you know, if it's going to be lost, it's going to be lost on him. And I, I admire that a great deal. I mean, even if he doesn't actually do you know, a lot, of, a lot of the trial work. I mean, it, I think I really admire him going into court today and standing up and saying, you know, and, and sort of leading the charge for the prosecution. I think that shows, um, obviously, that it, it's a serious investigation that uh, it's central to what he's doing, and he's willing to take responsibility for it. And B, I don't know if you have anything to add. Go ahead, though.
3: My personal thought is that he's like, I got it guys. Here I am. I got this. And he's coming to town and he's coming to do business and take care of it. And I think he's, I think that's showing his confidence is I got this and why sit back and watch and look, you know, and see what's going to happen. So just my opinion.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely a possibility. And I, that's kind of the, my hopeful side. And then my uh, cynical side is, you know, uh, Durham's running out of money, and he doesn't have the resources, so he has to step in and, and uh, handle this trial himself. And there's nothing beyond it to worry about, so he's got nothing better to do. So, <laughs> I'm hoping that's not the case. But part of me is uh, the way things have gone. I just it, it's really hard to keep the hope up that uh, you know there's a bigger you know something bigger coming down the line from Durham.
3: Fingers crossed. I still believe. I, I I'm with. I'm with undead. I think the FBI, I think they're going to get more than we think. Um, I just think this is just the beginning and this is Sussman was just testing the waters. This digs a little deeper. This gives Durham more things that he might not have. Um, And then, then we just like, you know, you guys were talking next year in, in August, maybe we start seeing those more indictments, but I still believe he's got them somewhere, and I'm not giving up hope yet.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I hope so.
3: Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm done.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Uh, Let's see. I'll take a couple more questions. Otherwise, I might uh... walk a fire. What's up, man? Uh
4: Hey everybody! I'll I'll jump in here real quick. Uh, typical walk fire fashion. I'm I'm probably gonna have to have to bounce here pretty soon. I uh, finally got the kids to bed, and then um, uh, did my chores while I was listening, and then uh, I'm gonna spend some time with uh, my wife, which is what life is all about. So, um, but I wanted to jump in with uh, kind of a couple couple pointers um, that I. I just from what I've been listening to and uh, throw in some some thoughts here. Um, you know I was thinking about it with the Sussman case I'm thinking about it with um, the Danchenko case. you know and both both of them they Durham has been really being over um, uh, uh, not over aggressive, but he has been he's been showering them with with documents um, over and beyond what he would typically do what a typical you know criminal case would be and you know someone mentioned his report that he's going to try and file hopefully that we get to see you know his his mandate for the most part has been to look at the investigations themselves well generally the majority of the files, the information, everything from an investigation is going to be classified. So without bringing these indictments, his report would be mostly classified. And so he is able to, by bringing these cases, he is going to get tons of information declassified. And while we cannot necessarily see it all now, Um, In the Sussman trial, even possibly in the Danchenko trial, um, his report will be able to be as as transparent and unredacted as possible. So I think that's kind of his end game is he wants to be able to file a report that however much they want to redact for personal privacy reasons or for whatever other reasons they, they, they won't be able to use. The the B1 exemption, the classified information exemption, because they had to declassify all this information for these cases that he's bringing. And I think that's that's his backstop, possibly depending on what happens in the midterms. Maybe we can see some some bigger indictments, maybe against the FBI folks, maybe against some other folks. But at the end of the day, he is getting this stuff declassified so that when he files his report, a lot of it cannot be hidden behind this is classified information anymore. And I think that is his his ultimate strategic goal behind some of these 1001 charges lying to the FBI. Well, really, that's all we're going to get? Possibly. But at least he can get a lot of the information out there. I think that is uh, the biggest thing he's going for. I think that's, that's the smartest thing he can do based on the, you know, the the deep state, you know, whether or not Garland and Biden were in power, and I'd say Biden loosely, but um, we'll just say the, the Democrats in power, um, but also certain Republicans in power. He is he's he's using these as vehicles to declassify information so that at the end of the day, he can get lots of information out there. And 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 we're going to have to be okay with a lot of people did some really screwed up stuff. They're not going to go to jail. It's unfortunate, but at least we can get the information out there. And I think that will be huge. Um, That's that's my my first biggest um, thing. You know, it's unfortunate because I, I really want to see Danchenko and, and certain other conspirators go down. But I'll take that as well to when I first was able to join into the conversation here and hear a little bit about the, the conversations of what's going on with the FBI, why is he not going after them, whether or not that's a mandate from Garland or from from others or or, you know no you're not going to take down the federal government as a whole that's not your mandate and we're not going to let you do that okay i can i can even actually understand that do we want to just totally destroy our standing internally within domestically and uh with in foreign relations maybe maybe not i would like to know it all i would like to take everyone down but do we do we start indicting former fbi directors former presidents i mean think about that do we want to start indicting former presidents like is that is that the sort of precedent that we want to set maybe maybe not i don't know but that's that's certainly a very tricky avenue to start going down versus just declassifying. Um, hang on, let's see what else did I have written down here, real quick. Um, ultimately, though, I do think he is his goal is to declassify. Um, I'm going to make a real quick point on on Otten. Um, I did pull up. Grassley's letter again while, while everyone was talking. It, that, that's another, uh, from, from a devil's advocate standpoint, that's another nuanced situation. And it's possible that Grassley was, was uh, threading the needle. So, you know, Otten opened up an investigation but he did not necessarily be the one that closed it down. And what he opened up, it appears from the letter was, I'm opening up an investigation into Russian disinformation. And then uh, Tybalt and some of FBI leadership used that to shut down avenues of reporting. Here's a hypothetical. Someone opens up an investigation into WikiLeaks releasing hacked Clinton documents and DNC documents. Okay I think I may have just dropped out for a sec so sorry. but if FBI uses that as an exam- as a reason to put any investigation into the content, of the DNC emails into a, uh, a segregated investigation of WikiLeaks so that no one can see it, that's not good. That, that's worth investigating. But the investigation of WikiLeaks itself and where they got the information is not necessarily a, a corrupt investigation. So if you look at at Grassley's letter, Otten was opening up an investigation into Russian disinformation. Okay. That's not in and of itself something that I'm going to fault him for based on the information I know. I I want to try to give as much of a... uh, objective view of some of these things as i can without necessarily giving the fbi too much grace clearly there's a lot of corruption going on i'm not denying that fact but for all of of this corruption to work some people have to be true believers and and they're true believers for a reason, and I, I don't know what that reason is, but if if people manipulated certain interviews with folks or, or subpoena returns, something like that, to put it into the, oh, we're not going to look in, this can't go into the Hunter Biden investigation. This has to go into the Russian disinformation investigation, and then we can close it off so no one else can see it. That's corrupted. That, that needs to be looked into. But I, I, I don't want to necessarily say the entire thing was, uh, was done with, with the AOK from everyone in leadership from the very beginning. There's, there's, there's more nuance there that we can't see, and that's unfortunate. They, they want to hide it all because, <laughs> as, as ridiculous as it is they're trying to maintain fbi's integrity but by doing it they've destroyed their integrity the same way that when when justice roberts wants to try and make a non-political supreme court decision by doing that he makes his decisions political it's 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 the nature of the beast and i do think the fbi needs to be torn down and and fixed, not just by a couple firings here and there or some new policies here and there. But we have to realize we still aren't seeing the full picture, whether the DOJ is releasing documents under FOIA or Grassley or or uh, Lindsey Graham or anyone else is releasing certain information to us they're manipulating things just as much. And so we need to always be mindful of those facts. There's there's my, my real quick rant. So <laughs> uh, I don't remember what question I was actually answering, but there we go. That
0: was a great walk of fire. I, I always appreciate when you join us. And I wish you would join us more because that, that was great hit all the points, and uh, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense on on each portion that you touched on. Um, I I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of truth in what you're saying, especially about the declassification of documents. I think that will be really important for John Durham's eventual report. Hopefully there's more indictments that come along the way, and, and Durham is able to declassify even more documents for those trials, but yeah, if nothing else, I mean, he declassified a, a real mountain of documents for the Sussman trial, and uh, obviously he's declassing a lot of documents for the Danchenko trial, and between those two trials alone, um, you're you're talking about hundreds of thousands of pages of documents, and there should be some answers there, and hopefully, you know, even some of the stuff about you know, foreign information flowing into the United States. I mean, some of the answers or some of the questions that have been out there for a long time about, you know, what the UK intelligence uh, entities were were doing, some of that, um, you know, maybe that is subject to the classification for the Stanchenko trial. Um, You know, if it's remotely related to what he's doing, you know, maybe Durham's able to push for that and, you know, maybe we'll get some answers to some of those questions.
4: Well, I, I appreciate that, Undead, and and I'll say one other real quick thing before I've got a, I've actually got a bounce, and I'll have to listen to the recording after this. Um, but as as an example, um, some folks here might know about the uh, indictment and conviction of uh, former Representative uh, Fortenberry um, for taking uh, foreign contributions to his campaign. I think it was in the 2018 election and uh, met with some foreign donors at a fundraiser and they gave him some money and um, did he know it or did he not and then he lied to the FBI about it and uh, whoopsie doozy okay you're out and as part of the evidence that they gave they they, they presented a lot of uh, uh, case files from an FBI investigation uh, that was called Titan's grip and, and you can tell just from the name and there was there was lots of of testimony and documents about it and it's about these foreign oligarchs funneling money through through strawman donations and uh, after the trial after he was convicted uh, i i Tried to FOIA that that case file, and and they didn't say okay. Here's uh, 2,432 pages that we're withholding because of ongoing investigations. They just sent me a, a, a one page letter saying the entire case file is withheld because of ongoing investigations. And I appealed that. I said this is ridiculous. We need to know about investigations into into our possible representatives being taking money from from foreign donors like this right and is this not exactly what we've been hearing about is this not huge and and my appeal was denied nope sorry ongoing investigations and unfortunately and that's why I have not tried to to FOIA any of the Sussman documents Danchenko documents, because I know right now they would all be withheld under that same exemption. No, well, we're still investigating. We're still investigating, and it's one of these situations where we have to wait for Durham to be completely finished before possibly they would start releasing some of these documents. Um, but but they do have these investigations going on. They're withholding all this information from us. Knowing that potential candidates or or incumbents are um, are being influenced by by foreign powers and foreign donors, and it, it goes to this whole RussiaGate, SpyGate, everything of there's a lot of information there. Even if if Durham has declassified it yesterday to give to Danchenko. We can't necessarily get it yet. We have to be patient as hard as that is for for Durham to to finish his investigation, finish everything he's trying to do. And then we can only get some of it probably at the end. Um, But still, he should be able to put a lot of that in his report. We should hopefully be able to start getting some of those documents. You know, Jason Leopold. He he a bunch of the um, interview uh, notes and and attachments from the Mueller investigation, and those are still coming out uh, month by month from the FBI. Here we are, what three years, three years after that investigation concluded, and we're still slowly getting a drip by drip uh, uh, releases. So, you know. The thing, I, I, I do want criminal indictments. I do want all that. But at the end of the day, it's it's going to be sunshine that is the ultimate um, goal and solution to this, even if that is several years after those who committed these acts are out of power or, or out of positions of influence. And at the end of the day, we'll, we'll, we'll get the satisfaction of knowing what those people going to jail possibly but hopefully hopefully that's what durham is pushing for and that's what durham's ultimate strategy is is to be able to, for us to get those documents that information within five years from now as opposed to 50 years from now so i'm um, again i've got to go appreciate it undead you're doing great i, I everything you're doing on, on the side that, that uh, certain people know that, that uh, a lot of people know uh, you're doing great anyone that, that can please support him he is it's, it's folks like him that get this information out whether it's, it's in a month whether it's in a year it, it takes time it takes money so support him however you can thanks so much guys
0: well, thank you for that, Walkfire. That's that's really kind of you. Um as I said earlier, I mean it's always great to hear you speak, Walkfire. I mean, you always have great points and great analysis. And uh that's why you should have a lot more followers than you do. So before you do anything else tonight, um if you're on this chat, I would urge you all, make sure you're subscribed to Walkfire. Make sure you're subscribed to MB and some of these other guys because they have great analysis. I mean, if you want to know what's going on before you see it in the media or in a newspaper or online, go check out these guys. I mean, they have great information and um, you know, Walkfire's always putting in, you know, a lot of boys there too, and I've relied on his expertise in uh, a lot of the things that I've pursued. So, um I really appreciate Walkfire's assistance and, and especially in my development. I mean, a year ago I wasn't doing any of this stuff and I remember it was probably like ten months ago, you know, I started messaging like Fool Nelson and Walkfire, and I was basically asking like, how did you do this? And I was able to, able to kind of re- reverse engineer some of the stuff that they were doing and add it to my toolkit. And then, you know, I was asking them, you know, what about this piece of research? You know, where did you find this? And they were gracious enough with their time to uh, to tell me, and and I was able to piece some of that together. And, and um, so appreciate Walkfire. Walk fire. Um, let's see here. 1022. So a little bit rusty tonight, guys. Uh, it's been a while since we've done a chat. Um, I think I'm going to go ahead and end it here. I do have something big coming and I'm sorry to tease you as much as I have. It's not my intention to do that. I really thought it would be out last week. But there's some unforeseeable stuff, and I'm, I'm going to have a story to tell about it one day, um, about why it's been delayed. Uh, but for now, I can't really share. I can't really go into it. So I will have a big announcement, uh, probably no later than Monday or Tuesday of next week. It could come on Friday. Um, I don't want to try to under-promise and overdeliver on this one. Um, so we'll manage our expectations from here out, and it's going to be big. So we're going to try to go get some documents and we're going to try to piece this thing together. So I really appreciate everybody coming on tonight. I hope everybody's having a good evening, having a good week, and I'll try to start doing these a little bit more, um, especially as we head into the Danchenko trial. I'm still going to try to get down there myself and actually live tweet it as much as I can. Uh, but I can't promise that I'll be down there just yet. It's uh, you know a lot of other stuff going on right now, um, you know pto financially there's a lot of different considerations uh so we'll just see and and see what comes so all right guys i'm gonna end it here might do a chat on friday or next week and i will see you next time see you guys thanks mb